Hi, everybody. My name is Madeline Moon, and I am the host of the Mind Body Musings podcast. You're listening to episode 323, and we're going to be speaking on a whole bunch of beautiful, yummy topics today. I am resharing a podcast that I was on. I was on the High Vibinate show with hosts Lindsay and Kelsey. And today I'm going to be sharing that episode that they titled Allowing More Softness, Slowness, and Pleasure with Madeline Moon. And some of the things that we talk about include how to move from the head and into the body, how to actually use your your body and your voice to create more softness emotionally. We're going to talk about the heroine's journey. We're going to talk about practices to continuing to ground into your feminine. We're going to talk about a very hot topic that gets brought up a lot in my community, and that is being the black sheep and creating safety in the body and the nervous system. We're going to talk about what shadow work actually is and what that looks like to do shadow work. And one of my favorite things we're going to talk about is how to acknowledge the part of you as a feminine being, if you are a feminine being, or even if you are a primarily masculine being that has this this gift and this quality, how to honor and listen to the oracle within you. The oracle is the part of you that knows things. She feels a lack of consciousness in the world. She feels when something's not quite right. We call it intuition, but the oracle is a little bit more precise. She is a compass for your consciousness yearning. Mm. So in your body, when you feel a, a lack of consciousness from the world or from your partner or from yourself, and a lack of consciousness means you drop, you emotionally drop somebody or you're being dropped or you're dropping your embodiment, you're, you're disassociating. Your oracle within, she's this mystical wise woman that knows when and where that consciousness is being dropped. And it's not that she has these expectations of the world, but rather she has this like queen, a, a command of the world. She demands with her fullest heart more consciousness and presence and love because she won't settle for anything less than that. And so that's what I'm titling this today is um, about the oracle and I'm sure I'll do a podcast that's more on the oracle but we get into it in this one and I I just really loved this angle that we covered today ah I'd love to share a review of the week for the mind body musings podcast just so you know this is always such a wonderful way to support the show if you want to help the show without um, doing very much, just go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. It's so helpful for the show. So helpful. This one comes from Bethany Autumn. It says, um, Maddie changed my entire life with five stars. Every human needs to bathe in the light of goddess Madeline Moon. Oh, I've put off this review for over two years now. Sorry, Maddie because nothing I can say can properly explain just how this woman and her podcast have changed my life. Madeline is my greatest teacher, and I am, on the pa- I am on the life path and spiritual path I am because of discovering her podcast in late 2017. She and her work have been there for me through leaving my religion, experiencing sexual shame, assault, liberation, and so much more. 
I shudder to think where I would be if I hadn't found her and I'm crying with gratitude that I did. Maddie will challenge you to step into your higher self while helping you honor what is. Her skills as a host create an incredible space for learning from both herself and her amazing guests. You will never regret listening to the words of this goddess. Ah, Bethany! She is the revolutionary being the world needs. And I am stepping into the version of myself that the world needs because of her. Oh my God. Listen to this podcast, dive, uh, deep dive into your heart, and you will forever be changed in the very best way. When I read this review the first time, I had a little tiny tear. I was so touched, so touched. And it is saved in my phone, and I, I read it here and there. And it's been a while since I've read this one. Um, Wow, and it, not just reading it now makes just it's just filling my entire body up again. So thank you so much, Bethany. Um, it's totally fine that you waited two years because this is what came out of it, and it's just the most beautiful, luscious, kind review. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. The only other announcement that I have today is, um, well, I'm coming to you from my new home in Los Angeles. That's pretty cool. Um, I have spent the last week unpacking and, you know, in, the, in theory, like when I was in New York, when I knew I was coming to LA, I was like, all right, this is going to be quite a journey. But like, I wasn't really thinking details. I had no idea what I was going to do. And in the last Airbnb I was in, I realized I need a home, my own home. Definitely. My body was giving me major cues. And I found the perfect home and the perfect location because I didn't settle for all the ones I saw that I didn't like and um it's magical and I'm doing this move unlike any other move I've done before it's been incredibly intentional I actually had my things from New York shipped here and then I unpacked all the things I wanted to keep and then I just started posting pictures of everything I didn't want which is a lot of stuff on Facebook marketplace and I've been selling piece by piece by piece every day and then finding the replacement pieces that I want that all match and feel good and have a vibe and uh it's amazing it's just amazing it and my thought in theory was that it'd be I'd feel a little anxious being in in wreckage and like mix and match things in this in-between space but it's been lovely and it's actually given me the space that I need to find pieces that I really love and add them in one by one by one. I got this new rug and I made this bookshelf and I got another rug and a new dining table and just everything's matching and just, ah, I love it. I love it. And my body is um, feeling so good and I'm reaching humorous states again. Um, if you've been following me on Instagram a lot. I bet you can tell there's a difference in my energy and the way I talk on social media now versus even a month ago. And I notice it for sure. There's much more humor and levity. And it's because my body has a safe space to be in. Like I've got 900 square feet all to my own and my own kitchen and my own silverware and bowls and plates and floor and rug and bed. And it's just so good. Oh, it's so good. And yesterday I came on into the Sisu Society and I did a live call where I taught all about building a business or chasing a dream, uh, breaking free from your family's expectations of you, your childhood religion's expectations of you, deep-seated shame for following a different path than you thought you would, and money beliefs. 
how to have a healthy relationship with money and, and what I do personally to heal and mend and tend to and create intimacy, create polarity, create a juicy relationship with money. Because she loves me and she loves you and she wants to be with you and she wants you to have the apartment of your dreams and be in a safe relationship and not be staying in an abusive, crappy relationship just because you're afraid of starting over, just because you're afraid you're going to not have money to pay for your apartment. Like money is trying to find you and love you and nourish you. And we cover all of that in yesterday's call. I did an hour and a half teaching on the the spirit of sweet, sweet feminine money and how much she loves you and feminine creativity and how she wants your business idea to come to life. Because even if you think that someone else out there is doing it or there's so many other coaches or there's so many blah, blah, blahs, you doing that does not exist. And that's what people want. There are specific people in this world that are not hard to find who will pay you $200 now or $300, $400, $500 or do six-month coaching packages, 12-month. There are people all around who want you and who are you to decide that they shouldn't be with you? If they want to be with you, be that open vessel. Be the open vessel if your heart is feeling called, of course. So we talk all about that in the latest Sisu call. We have another one coming up in a week. If you would like to join us in the Sisu Society, which is my private group coaching program, it is the in-between space between not working with me and one-on-one work with me, then you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash sisu dash society and you can join there instantly. There's no contracts at all, so you can cancel anytime, but we'd love for you to stick around and stay because this community is beautiful. All right, let's go head on over to this episode that originally aired on the High Vibinant Show and now is found on Mind Body Musings. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to High Vibe in It. Thanks so much for being here. We are very excited to present you with another lovely and awesome guest who is going to share her wisdom with us and her energy with, with us. And we're actually not super honed in on what we want to talk about because we just kind of want to let it flow and see where it goes. Miss um, Madeline Moon is here with us and she's a feminine embodiment teacher. And maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we'll get into something different. But I think we would love to start by kind of tapping into what inspired you to start doing this work and a little bit about your personal journey, Madeline. So a lot of my initial teachings when I was first starting to coach and lead nine years ago was around fitness and health and nutrition. And I was a bodybuilder at that time, too. And looking back now, I didn't see this, of course, at the time, but I was raised in an an incredibly patriarchal, uh, conservative, black and white, rigid Christian family. And I was raised with a lot of beliefs around women being less than, pleasure being inappropriate, 
um, feelings and emotions being just naturally too much, just simply having them. And looking back now, one of the ways that I, I manifested a, to cope with that, it, like the, the lifestyle that I created was all around hardening my exterior, like physically, both becoming more muscled so that I had a literal armor, but also at the same time, it was like bikini division. So making my body as small as possible when I was doing these competitions. So I was constantly between the world of hardening my body and making my body as small as possible. So I started teaching and coaching fitness until I realized that I was incredibly sick and more so in the mind, like my body was fully functioning and quite healthy in, a, in some, not always, but in some regards. And then I started realizing, wow, I like really, really hate myself and I'm 21. I shouldn't like, this is my twenties. Like I had enough realization at the time to be like, this is a good time in my life to actually live. So let's figure this out. And I went down this road of diving into the surface level. I mean, for a lot of people, it's not the surface level. Now to me, it feels like the surface level of going into body image and going into disordered eating. Um, it was really just the, the tip of the iceberg. And that said, it was still such an intense journey of lots of bathroom floor breakdowns of why, it, why do I feel this way about my, my body, my, my self-worth, my being. And that in itself started to lead just a little bit more to the feelings, just a little bit more to the feelings, a little bit more to the feelings until a seven-year journey of going deeper and deeper into the feelings and coming to this place now where I can see so clearly that that time in my life from birth till I was 25 was all about um, falling prey to the mainstream's views about the feminine being uh, scary. Honestly, it's not even about being quote weak. It's, it's that it's scary. It's scary because it's an abyss. It's a sea. It's an ocean that we cannot explain. It feels wonderful. It feels terrible. It feels wide and vast. The feminine is all the energy in the world, all of it. The masculine is the, is the container that holds all of it. And because it's so wide and so vast and able to be so sensitive and so emotional and so intuitive, it's really fucking scary, which is what obviously led to it being shut down. And then we get born into these families that have that in their lineage. And fortunately, our entire world is waking up. Like you just get on... I mean, Instagram is probably a silly example, but that's where most of us live these days. If you get on Instagram, at least on my feed, everything is about the divine feminine, which is beautiful. And it's such a celebration. And we're finally going back to where um, our ancestors, at least in the East, were at thousands and thousands of years ago, fucking worshiping the feminine body. All the hieroglyphics are about a woman's legs being open and the world coming out of it. It's a gift and where we all must start is within our own personal individual bodies of, of merely embracing all that is there, which means like the low vibes and the high vibes and the in-between vibes and the boredom vibes and um, welcoming back in the nonsensical because the feminine is not about making sense in any regard. The masculine in all of us knows how to make sense of it. The masculine in all of us puts it in containers. 
okay, this is a podcast, this goes here, this is part of my masculine, it's getting work done, this is grieving time, this is fear time. Like we can categorize and, and compartmentalize a lot as human beings, we're really skilled at it. But once we're able to create these little containers, both in our personal lives, in our relationships, in our business, in our spirituality, we then as a collective and as individuals must start to learn how to actually go deep into that abyss in those containers and feeling all the feelings and allowing more softness and allowing ourselves to go slower. That was one of the huge things for me in my life was everything was fucking fast. Sorry, I'm cursing a lot today. I don't know why. No, you're allowed. <laughs> um, everything was fast. Everything was so fast and everything was like about skipping steps and getting ahead. And, um, you know, I don't want to bring up, I think everyone's really tired of talking about this pandemic, but it's also worth noting that this time has been probably quite triggering for a lot of people because it's forced, I mean, for many reasons, but one of them that I don't think a lot of people recognize is that it's forced them to go a lot slower, to move a lot slower. There's literally nowhere to rush off to where there wasn't, we're, we're out and about now, but there wasn't anywhere you could go. So you had to sit and be and feel what was there or deny it and not feel it. Um, but within those mysteries, within those sensations, within the, the grief that doesn't quite make sense, that's the key to being a more pleasure-filled, alive, feminine being, is actually welcoming in the pain that doesn't quite make sense um, without, without the story. That's where a lot of people get caught up is, men always do this to me, or see, just like my dad, like actually looking at when you're telling yourself the same story over and over again to prove that it's right and be generous and be humbled to realize, oh, wow, I'm kind of, I'm using this story to actually avoid feeling whatever's present underneath it because it is that abyss. And eventually you realize it's not an abyss. It stops. Something else new comes, but that one stops or it fades out. You know, that's his life. How it is. I'll stop there. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, we talk about this a lot on the show because I found in my personal journey that true freedom really does come from just embracing everything and just replacing judgment with like a compassionate curiosity. Just being like, hmm, what's what's here right now? What what am I feeling? What's happening in my body? And just starting somewhere that simple but I think it's so scary for people who are kind of foreign to their emotions because I think the common feeling is like or the common belief is if I go there I'm gonna get stuck or if I go there um yeah like it'll last forever but I found that it's quite the opposite when you open up to it and you go there you can actually process it and be with it in a really graceful way where it actually usually passes quite quickly. Um, have you found that to be true in your work and in your personal experience true? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What you don't touch fully doesn't dissolve. When you touch something fully, it dissolves. And I've done some really, really, really deep shadow work. And shadow work is, is like, there's like the, the, um, 
feeling it on a daily basis of just like feeling what's present. And then there's the time when you actually create a piece of art out of the part of, of you that is psychotic or you have neurosis or jealous or the sacred slut. Like there's actually these beautiful ways that you don't just see it or feel it, but you say, oh, wow, I have some really deep, dark, uh, I have a really deep, dark lineage of narcissism. Ew. I do. My family, my, my, one, of, one of my sides of my family has so much narcissism. And I was raised by that. And it's terrifying. It's really quite cruel when you actually dive into narcissism. It's not just someone full of themselves. It's, it's, it's like a never knowing if you're loved or not and being raised as a child, being three years old and not knowing if you're safe or not, like it creates some really deep uh, fear-based mechanisms in your body. The bodybuilding and the eating disorders is just the tip of it. Like my aura for so long was saying, I don't trust the world. I'm not safe. Even if I've always been an ancient soul, I've been able to put words to things, even with that, my body was like, I'm not safe. Um, on like a shaky level, you know? Well, it, it, for, for part of it is like feeling the grief and feeling the sadness and, and letting that come in. But also like I created actual times in a support group to film little videos where I fully embrace the part of me that's narcissistic. And she has like a cape on and her hair is stringy and she's got makeup all over her and she thinks she's she's the most beautiful person in the entire world and everyone should love her, but she's a hot mess and characterizing these parts of us. I love characterizing the parts. My favorite one, I mean, my favorite one to do is the jealous bitch. It's so fun. And that to me is what it's like to touch something fully. Cause you, 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 it's like you're an actor. You say, I'm yeah. going to embrace this character for five minutes and I'm going to commit to the theater. That's like key is you got to set the stage, commit to the theater, put on your camera, film a video where you just act out in yeah. all of your fullest this part of you that you can't fucking stand. Then you got this beautiful piece of art that's probably quite funny. I mean, it always is, or it'll light up the room in some way. And what's interesting is that now once you've embodied that part of you, you touched it fully, the fear around it, the shame around it has dissolved because your nervous system's actually like, oh, okay, this is safe. I'm safe to feel this way. I'm safe to be that level of, of quote, whatever, crazy. Doesn't mean you get lost there. That's the beauty of the container. Five minutes, you, you, you go all out. You become an actor for love, for you, for embracing more sides of you. And, um, and, and then it's over. And then your body actually knows. Because a lot of this is about the, the nervous system. It's not about your mind. And it is about your feelings, but your body actually has these responses, um, deeply wounded or, or deeply opened, depending. And they start whenever you're a child. Um, I have this one interesting, I've had so many feet things happen in my life. Um, and I had a, a psychic tell me that I had many past lives of running on a broken foot. And literally I've died of trying to run away while having a broken foot. And that's what she said. 
And in this lifetime, I've had so many instances where I've hurt my ankle. And either when I was a child, my parents didn't help me because they thought it was no big deal and I had to walk to school or go play soccer. Or as an adult, I just decided to keep walking. And that, that walking on a, on a broken foot type of thing is a great metaphor for what we often do. Like, because my body didn't know that it was safe to just stop. So my response is keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. So now as an adult, now that I have this awareness, I have to go, okay, if my nervous system doesn't think it's safe to just sit in a chair and, and text someone to bring me soup and to help me, if I don't think I'll still be loved if I do that, and what my response in my body is to keep walking, I have a choice to get back on the couch and to do the, the, the new nervous system training, or I can just keep going about the way I always do things. And that's the beautiful thing about being an adult, where we can make these decisions. Once we see something, we can do something about it. Right. I love that. I always tell my clients, like, it's not really that you have to change yourself. It's just that you have to notice what you're doing that isn't working for you. And then in the noticing of it, that's like a lot of the healing. It's just, oh, here's my choice point. Okay. I've noticed that's what I'm doing. Now I get to choose differently because I'm aware of like what's actually going on as it's happening. Lindsay, do you have any questions? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do all like, the talking here. This is crazy. Like I'm just taking it all in. I do have a question because I think, um, barring any details, we might have similar experiences growing up, but I'm just curious from your, your side, when did you start to notice, or maybe you just never really felt in with your family? For me, I always felt like a black sheep, but I know as a child, child, I must have wanted to be included. I must have wanted to like fit in and just be what they wanted me to be, whatever. Um, I guess, when did you notice, do you have an awareness of like when you started to be like, hmm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm different. Maybe I can choose better for myself or did it just kind of happen naturally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, first I just want to acknowledge that that's really the core wounding of the black sheep. Right. That's what, that's what makes a black sheep a black sheep is I'm different. And that's primally quite scary because if you're different, then are you going to be fed? Are you going to have a home? Are you going to, if you're a woman, like, are you in your body? Your body says this, not, not your mind these days, but your body says, will I be taken in and, and um, kept safe? Will my, if I get pregnant, will my children be like, you know, it's all that stuff. So on a nervous system level, like the black sheep is, is um, it has a very big responsibility it's here to pave a new way with which is really quite scary um and it requires a, a strong spine and a soft heart to be a black sheep and um yeah i think i was oh, i think i was very 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 young i mean if you talk to my dad he'll be like yes you came out knowing exactly who you were exactly what you wanted and since i was a young child they could not tell me what to do that was their biggest frustration with me is that they could not parent me. And then they discovered that, I love when my dad tells the story, but they discovered if they give me choices, it's great. So they'd be like, okay, we're not gonna tell you what to wear, but this or this. And then I'd, I'd feel so empowered. So since I was a child, like having choices was really 
um, like even from that age, like no one could tell me what to do, which was a very black sheepish thing. But also I, I was very, um, I was very intuitive and I, I, it's hard now and it's a little frustrating to be 29 and like, I really want to know if I really wish I could be a fly on the wall and watch myself as a child because I don't have really accurate accounts of like the things I said. And I'm really curious what like three-year-old me said. What if I said really wise things and like I said things that were about my reincarnation. And just nobody was paying attention. Yeah, yeah. I wonder that yeah. all the time because we hear stories of like these little kids who come out of the womb and then by the time they're three, they're talking about um, like and like a person that they married in their past life and we yeah. all could be that kid that had done something like that and we just don't know the other day well i keep saying it was the other day but it was really like four months ago whatever mm -hmm. he goes hey just randomly hey mommy do you remember when we were here last time but we looked different and now we're here and we look like this and it was so fleeting and i was like what what, what, what do we look like? You know, I was trying to like ask questions, but I didn't want to like spook him and like have it just go away too quick. And just as quick as it came and he was just like, I don't know. And I was like, oh man. But yeah. I was so excited in those moments, but I totally understand what you mean because I think we all, once you get to that awareness and that like, I don't know, just when you kind of wake up to the vastness of what we actually are, we actually are, you can't help but think like, what was I like? at that age, especially now with me seeing this in my own kids, like, oh my gosh, what, what could I have said? I'm, I, I totally understand where you're coming from because it's one of those things that you just, you can't get back. And it, it's, you know, I'm sure you said so many smart things. <laughs> I hope so. I I'm know. sure. Like I said, I think if you're in like, if you're in this age and you're aware of this kind of stuff, you are already the type of soul that would be like, all right, I'm not coming to play it easy. And we all can agree that it's not easy and we did not have it easy, but, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's an adventure and it's all for a reason. Um, thank you for sharing that. I, can I ask a random question? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's probably not that random, but it's mm -hmm. off topic. Um, I was having a conversation recently. I saw this thing on Instagram that just really spoke to me and it was Instagram <laughs> again. It was, uh, women essentially this, I'm going to butcher it, but it basically said women are we were chosen to be the portals between the mortal and the spiritual worlds. Okay. Beautiful. I love that because we're the only beings. Females are the only beings that can bring life that we know of into, into existence from the spiritual realm. So I was having a conversation. I've kind of noticed this theme lately where if you're talking about it in this sense about how amazing it is to be in your divine feminine as a female, and really own it all because for so long it's been squashed. It's been, you know, stifled. It's been put fear around, you know, all the scary witches are girls. I'm just saying, but it's like, it's like, there's so much fear around. Like, anyway, so I'm talking and having these conversations and I'm noticing this theme of like, from a male perspective of re of, of 21st century male perspective, even though we are coming more into divine feminine, we are waking up, there's this idea of like, if that's how amazing women are, where the heck do I fall into place? And as you said, the divine feminine is all the energy and the masculine is the container. And I love that metaphor. But do you think that that is really like, what would you say to somebody, who, to, a, to a man who said, well, what am I, what am I here for? Just to sit by you and like, watch you be awesome. 
that's the theme I'm feeling. And I know it's like not that, but like, what would you say to that? Hmm. Um, so that's a theme that you're feeling from like the world right now. I'm, I'm noticing it. Yes. Um, and, and I kind of, I mean, I can understand it. I just don't know how to put it into words that it's so much more than that. (laughs) So maybe you could do a better job. Yeah. So, I mean, number one, that's truly, that kind of attitude is truly just like, um, insecurity and it's new. It's probably, it's new for their lineage. Like this is maybe one of the first times since again, tens of thousands of years ago with our ancestors from the East that men are experiencing in their own bodies, a, um, a, a, I'll say, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, not, I'm not looking for equal, but like uh, another person on the throne. I don't know, a king mm-hmm. and a queen. Like mm-hmm. it, we've always had king and queen, but the queen was never like the king. And now the queen is like the king. And it's not that their their power and their influence is being taken away, but the tables are definitely turning and we're finding a new way. We're, we're creating a divine union. Mm. So partly I believe that they have to go through that experience of being like, mm, you know, and, and hopefully there's, there's quite a great deal of masculine embodiment leaders out there. And right. it's one of my deepest pleasures to have guy friends come to me to be like, who do I work with? And to be like, mm-hmm. hey, there's some amazing men that are teaching men how to step aside when needed. And the, the, the thing about mm, polarity and feminine masculine. So I just want to make something very clear that when I say feminine masculine, I don't always mean man and woman, feminine and masculine are energy. I'm sure y'all talked about this one before. That said, a lot of times when I say like the feminine, I also am talking about women because a lot of women are primarily feminine. So you just have to kind of keep up and guess which one I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, So the, 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 the way that our world is moving right now, the beautiful places that we're going to is that the feminine's body, a woman's body, a primarily feminine being's body has a, 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 a compass inside. I was just talking about this in my, my group coaching call. So it's very fresh on my mind. We have this part of us. That's the Oracle. Oracle within us is our gut instinct. The Oracle within us is what is a very quick signal of consciousness. So if you, if we were all three talking and then I start looking at my phone and I just start texting and Lindsay, let's say you're talking to me and I'm just starting to text, your body would probably be like, like, that doesn't feel good. Like, where'd your eyes go? Where's your presence go? Um, so our oracle within feels when consciousness is sloppy. When a man is looking at us like he wants to eat us rudely versus he wants to, he wants to ravage us with like his, his like consciousness and fierceness. Like there's a wild difference. Yeah. You can't always like, you can't have a formula for it being like, this is exactly what you did at this moment until you practice it. And then eventually you actually can name the thing or the moment that turned consciousness into unconsciousness. And some things like the text example is pretty clear. If I was to pick up my phone, like that's kind of rude. 
And your body, your oracle goes, hmm, that's a lack of consciousness. And so the feminine's body has that gift in a way the masculine body does not. Our entire, our cervix starts to close on a date when it's not going good and we don't feel respected. Our cervix starts to open whenever we want to take this person in. And that happens in life. Our cervixes will open and close when we're down the street, when we feel something that feels off. And that's the way it's always been. It just hasn't been recognized. Mm -hmm. So if it had been recognized all this time, women would be ultimately, this is a little confusing. I'm sure your, your listeners will understand. We're always leading. We're always leading because our bodies know. Um, but the, the, the thing that the masculine does is that the masculine sees our body's responses of like, ah, oh, it feels good, or no, I don't like that, um, or repulsion, heart connected, please. We don't want to punish people. We stay connected to the heart when we reveal our pain or our anger or our no. Um, we re reveal connected to the heart, but then the masculine takes that information and goes, that's not safe. Okay, I'm going to grab my sword and go out into the world and change things to make it safe. Good masculine beings are doing the work. So we are delicate and we are exquisite and we are sensitive beings. It's like a queen sitting in her throne being like, that feels wrong. And then the entire court and the king go out and they charge the field and go into battle. They are brave. They are courageous and their bodies are made in such a way to take the action. We can too. This isn't about right. not having power and being submissive because we have to. It's that we are so fucking exquisite that we don't need to. Our bodies right. are the tool. It is the, the you know, um, there's a book called She. It's really wonderful. And it talks about the body or the feminism. I think the knife or the lantern. Like, but either way, we are, it's not that we're a weapon, but a knife or a lantern, we're showing the way or we're destroying the wrong way. Mm. And it's not from us taking all this action but from actually just revealing, revealing how we feel about things. And then the rest of the world, the masculine of the world, including women with the masculine in them, can take that information and then change the way things are running, can sharpen up their consciousness, sharpen up their integrity to means more energy and love friendly. I yeah. can listen to her talk all day, Kelsey. <laughs> it's interesting because you were talking about like the masculine or male insecurity of like, oh, what's my purpose mm. now? But I've noticed actually with some people in my world, if I'm talking about um, masculine and feminine dynamics and maybe teaching something about, okay, how to lean into your feminine more in some instances, people get kind of defensive of like women get defensive of like oh well I prefer to be in my masculine because blah 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 yeah. and they're kind of like resistant to their own nature and not saying that every woman is more feminine but majority of us are and we would prefer to be in that space more but it's interesting when people get insecure on the other side too of like, oh, well, you're just saying that we're not as strong or we're not as capable. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just saying we're different. <laughs> and if we embrace our genius, like things flow a lot better. And it's not to say you can't do anything that someone else can do, 
but maybe you just do it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been yeah, interesting. That's, that's um, every woman and her life, it, it, there's like a hero's journey and then there's a heroine's journey. And in the heroine's journey, there is a rejection of the feminine that has to happen. And some people never come out of it. They don't continue the journey. But if you do, then you have a refusal of the feminine. I sure did. And then you you go deep into it and like the tale of, of a, a nana go into the underworld and you strip all these layers of yourself and your ego and you discover who you are until you're without makeup and you're bare and you're vulnerable and you're raw and you reach the darkest night of the soul and then you rise back up again and you bring these new tools with you and you realize oh pleasure is actually a gift for me oh revealing is actually a gift for me oh like letting go and being led fuck yeah that feels good oh this feels good like and then you take all these feminine tools with you and then you're like yeah I can lead, I can run a business, I can make seven figures, I can do any of that. But do I want to do all the things that I have to do to make that work today? I don't yeah. know. I feel like just like I can, but I don't have to right now. That's the I don't know what the highest point is. Like I don't know what the pinnacle is of femininehood, but that's a pretty great one. And I you know, it makes me I I get it. I I get that some people's bodies and brains and their their trauma it doesn't compute to letting go of control right they like it can't compute of like i know i can't i would never be submissive to a man by choice that's disgusting their brains can't compute the the beauty of the of one choosing that man you choose Mm -hmm. it's not just any man you choose you choose who's proven himself worthy to do so and you only choose him because you realize when you do submit you let go one that's a choice to be led and two you realize the immense gift that comes from you not having to make decisions why are we fighting for so many decision making abilities <laughs> it's great so, question i do it all day in my work and when i I'm in love and in in lust like you pin my wrists you tell me where we're going to dinner please like, yeah. I don't want to think about it it doesn't take anything from me because I also know that I can mm. I've proven for many years we've all proven we can make a decision we can call and make a reservation we can we can do it like why are we still fighting to show that we can do it yeah when actually it's such a gift to our bodies to just let go. A funny thing happens to people who are game on for that. Whenever they're with a masculine being who just leads the show, we become generally, I don't want to generalize, but feminine beings become a little bit um, more bright because they're not making decisions. And so there's more available, more playfulness available. 50% of the brain is not focused on, all right, we've got to get this stuff done. That isn't it's not a problem anymore that evening. You just go straight into, okay, guide me. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that. I love it. I, this is something I've practiced for a while and it's so cool. I think one of the first books that introduced me to and showed me how much in my masculine I was being because I didn't really realize for a long time that I was just taught to be like a lot of us, like hyper-masculine, like just always doing and achieving and going and um 
which served me well. I mean, I accomplished a lot. I did a lot of things, but I was so burnt out because I didn't have any balance and I was never like embracing my feminine. I didn't even know what that meant. And I read um, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. And it's technically like a book written for men, right? To be a superior man. But I was like, this is the divine feminine guidebook. Like this is everything I've been doing that if I would just stop doing that, I will relax into my feminine. And so that's a really great place to start if you guys are looking for book suggestions. I love anything by David Data. Madeline, have you read a lot of his stuff? Yeah, that's the lineage that I've studied from. And yeah, I love, I love David Data. Um, there's another great book called The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. Hmm. Uh, phenomenal book. It great as well. He didn't write it. Um, it was written by a woman called London Angel Winners and then her partner, Justin Patrick Pierce. They have a 12 gap age difference, I believe. She's older and she just had a baby at age, I think, like 47. Wow. Um, cool. Yeah. And they're teaching feminine and masculine as a couple who are actually together. You know, it's not a very right. common thing. A lot of people who teach yeah. polarity and myself included, like the men I, I teach with, I'm not in relationship with them. They are in relationship. And I think that's really great to, mm -hmm. to learn from people who are actually like doing it, making doing it. it yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having babies at age like 47 and like, obviously there's something special going on in there. Wow. Yeah. Lindsay, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. What were you? No, I was, uh, I was just going to say, I'm glad that you mentioned you know, what, what I'm hearing from what you said about like realizing that there can be a beautiful balance of both and that, you know, recognizing that as Kelsey said, she was in her masculine for years, for her whole life before she realized that was a dominant. I can, I can agree with that too. And I think it's important to say, asking for a friend, telling for a friend that sometimes when you grow up in survival mode, that masculine is your default. Like you have to, you just, that's your survival mechanism. Also when, um, as you mentioned to Madeline, thank you about the trauma that could happen that can shut down your feminine. Maybe if you get too much attention that you don't want, or if, if, you know, things happen that, uh, kind of tell you that femininity is bad. And this is just an extra thing, but my mom had always, when I was a kid told me like, that's not ladylike, that's not ladylike, don't do that that's not ladylike. So I didn't even know what I was supposed to, if I were to, like, I didn't have a template, like nobody's teaching this. And it's kind of understandable because we don't have people like parents don't have the tools. They just don't. And they, they base their decisions off the kind of people and the kind of experiences they have. And it's very, very hard, but there's so many things that can contribute right to this survival masculine, do all the things get to the next step and, and be in that action mode. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing for you to shine a spotlight on the fact that like, yeah, there's a time and a place for that, but it's okay. It's okay. Here's your permission slip. I love that you put that by the way, you're like the human permission slip for just embodying who you are on both sides at all angles, any time of the day, because it's all valuable. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like that you said that. And I just wanted to say, um, for me that when I was, when I was growing up, I have realized recently, um, in my thirties that <laughs> I have a lot more work to do when it comes to opening to that divine feminine, because it was just a lifetime of just the opposite 
a lifetime of just, if I'm going to decide, um, I'm going to be in my masculine because that's what I have to do. And I've always had to decide. And I'm, ju I'm just now like, not just now in this moment, but kind of in this moment, realizing how often that's just like my default setting. So if anybody's listening and it sounds like you, keep listening to Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And don't feel bad. Like if yeah. you practice dominantly one way of being your whole entire life, like it's not just going to shift in a day. It's yeah. On podcasts, like that's why we call these things spiritual tools and practices. Yeah. And you're never going to get all the way there and you're never going to finish. And that's the beautiful thing because if you finished or you were all the way healed or you were all the way feminine or whatever the fuck is like the goal, then like what would you do with the rest of your time? You know, there's always something to dive into or find pleasure from or work towards. And I think that's something that makes life kind of fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. Totally. Madeline, another question before we switch over to the Patreon. When you were talking about in the beginning of the show, creating safety in the body, I know a lot of people are feeling unsafe and really scared and anxious mm -hmm. right now. And what are some practices that you found really helpful to just create more safety in the body and kind of build your tolerance for a slower nervous system? Hmm. Oh, well, I love to give simple things. I yeah. have I have hundreds of very complex things, but just to put it simply, even like I, I had a teacher who pointed this out once and I thought it was so small and it took me about a year to really understand it. But she was talking about how when we our, our container was in a Zoom call and she at the very beginning was like, anytime you make a move on the Zoom call for the next nine months, ask yourself if you're doing it in such a way that's bettering the Zoom call space. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Um, but that practice on its own of how I'm moving, even on a call, is coming to realize that that affects this space. So even like we're all doing Zoom calls, but notice your own body language when someone is sharing something in your next support group. And can you, when you're thirsty, reach for your water really slowly so as not to disrupt the space? And of course, this is even better in person, but notice how quickly, you know, you just like grab something or you move around real quickly, you shift yourself and see, can you make those little adjustments in such a way that is nurturing the space? You're caring for the space by not being jarring with your movements and then the other one is being jarring and, and quick with your speech. Anytime someone's talking up here, they're really in their head and they're really in their feminine. It's obviously a very vata energy. It's very high pitched. It's very like, I'm up in the clouds. A lot of women live here very high because we've been taught to live up here because living down here is really grounded and really rooted. We live up here. We think up here. So the second- I feel attacked. <laughs> I, I feel I love this so much. I seriously love this so okay. much. I feel it's amazing. Keep going. When Sorry. I talk about that, I'm like, oh, that's me. I'm teaching it, and that's me. Um, so even doing practices where you put your hand on your chest and you feel your voice, you feel like you want to feel your entire chest vibrating. And talking like this is putting both of your nervous systems in a much more grounded space 
You may not know that. I know that. Anyone listening to this feels more grounded when I talk like this than versus when I talk like this. You just naturally don't feel very grounded listening to someone that talks like that. So I know your question is about like, (laughs) do you notice it? So cool. That is so cool. I never knew, I never even thought of it before. Mm-hmm. Never even thought of it before. <laughs> it's going to feel really weird at first. <laughs> I've been working on this for a year. Wow. And more recently I was going through a relationship shift that was leaving me really indecisive and frustrated and like not myself. And guess how I was talking. Mm-hmm. I was talking right like this. I completely forgot about all my practices and how I want to talk. And my friend who's a vocal coach was like, do you notice how you're talking wow and that to me I was like wow like I'm not in my truth because I'm talking in my head everything's in my head so even if the question is about how do we live slower start with your body everything starts with your body and and what I love about talking this way and about moving this way with slow intention is that it's not even for me, it's for the space. It's for the space, it's for making everything sacred. Everyone listening to the podcast, it's a sacred time. I want them to feel grounded. If we're watching a video and we're in a call, it's a sacred time, I want it to feel grounded. So it is a gift to me, but my intention is more focused on how do I make the world better? One Zoom call at a time, one conversation (laughs) at a time. So it's about gifting. Beautiful. That's probably the, simplifying. That seriously is like the coolest thing anybody has. I'm sorry. I, I love all of our guests. I really do. But that was so cool. And that's <laughs> something that I never thought about. So like it's nice in these moments to learn something that's like maybe just for this hour, once a week, I can just slow down and see if it can bleed into more areas. And that's as simple as it can be. Um, and guys, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah. Even like when I listen to music that I get turned on by, I will move my hand so slowly to like mm. move back my hair. And it's really uncomfortable at first, but then your body starts to get it. It's like, oh, this is pleasurable to push back my hair really slowly. And when I make a sound, it's really deep. And I just invite everyone to try it. It's (laughs) like, I love that you said just an hour, like having that container of knowing like that's your pleasurable slow down o'clock where you just go, everything is slow and luxurious and you wear your silk and you speak lower and you listen to really like, low bass music and just loving yourself like a lover who wants to take their time. Mm-hmm. Yes, so cool. Madeline, where can everybody go to find out more about you, work with you, absorb your goodness? Yeah. So my podcast is Mind Body Musings. It's been around for seven years now. So many <gasps> many, many episodes on feminine, masculine, embodiment, pleasure, spirituality, all the things over there. Um, And my website is maddymoon.com, M-A-D-D-Y. I have one-on-one coaching as well as a group coaching program called the Sisu Society. Um, And the Sisu Society is 
my baby this year. I, I created it with a really strong vision and it's been such a beautiful space. You get two live calls per month, practice calls. So you actually are embodying the feminine. Last night we brought in a masculine being to practice the art of revealing with and we've done erotic pleasure blueprint teachings and learned about our moon cycles. So it's a really deep place actually and has a lot of intention and care put into it. That can be found at maddiemoon.com forward slash sisu-society. And sisu is a Finnish word for extraordinary determination and grit. And uh -huh. I use that word because it takes extraordinary determination and grit in love to be a feminine being. It's not easy to be a feminine being and it takes sisu to keep mm -hmm. going. So that's what our world needs more of. I think when it comes to love, we're all closing our hearts and we need, we need grit. We need to be resilient in love. And lastly, you can find me on Instagram at Madeline Moon. Yay. 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 I wanna Yay. just move so slow now. <laughs> slow, it's like honey. Yeah, <laughs> glad into the Patreon yeah. um, content of this show. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to slow down. And yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Bye.